Before I begin, I owe a special thanks to a few individuals who have assisted me both directly and indirectly in this investigation. First, Bold Like a Leopard, a friend of mine and independent journalist from the US provided great insight into the news and current events and has assisted me greatly with the research. Second, Mythic Arjuna from India, who has appeared on my channel several times and soon will be starting his own political podcast, also assisted me with the research and advice uh, when I was getting stuck. Third, the YouTube channel Little Grey Cells, who has for some time been destroying the lies surrounding the Trudeau government, has supplied me with information that eluded me through his two-part series, Spoon-Fed Slavery, We Lap It Up. I will provide the links for all these channels and Little Grey Cells videos in the description below. This is a story I have been chasing for over a month and a half now, and it has been frustrating, stressful, and very, very insightful. On April 15th, I was browsing around Twitter for information on my next episode for the podcast when I came across something interesting, something big. I came across the hashtag Ontario Election Integrity. This hashtag didn't trend, but did receive more than 8 million impressions in just over 63 hours. This hashtag had a plethora of information. This hashtag was showing a connection, leading from Justin Trudeau's progressive think tank, Canada 2020, all the way back to Elections Ontario. This link is established by both company connections and personal relations. It begins with Canada 2020. Canada 2020 is directly connected to Justin Trudeau, the current sitting prime minister. This is by their own words, which state, quote, Justin Trudeau and his team have been partners and supporters of Canada 2020 since its inception 10 years ago, end quote. The statement was made by Thomas Pitfield, president of Canada 2020 in 2016. Canada 2020 was founded in 2006. Thomas Pitfield, the president, is a childhood friend of Justin Trudeau. He is also the CEO of Data Science Inc., which will be addressed later on. Canada 2020 has already been involved in a couple of controversies since Trudeau has been in office. In late 2016, Canada 2020 was forced to release a new donor agreement stating that providing money to them does not buy access to Justin Trudeau. This was due to the Cash for Access scandal, which was a dinner costing $1,500 per person to enter. In the past, Justin Trudeau has used these dinners to circumvent lobbying rules and regulations. Canada 2020 was trying to distance themselves from the controversy that brewed from these dinners. This is very similar to the controversies that bogged down Hillary Clinton's campaign during the 2016 election. Canada 2020 also ran into trouble when the Liberal Party subleased office space at 35 O'Connor Street in Ottawa, which was occupied by Canada 2020. This sublease took place from August to October 2015, and Canada 2020 received $13,833 from the Liberals. This act is not illegal itself, but is showing another strong connection to the party of, of Trudeau, despite the fact it is supposed to be, quote-unquote, an independent think tank. The company known as Navigator is a public relations firm that deals mostly with clients in crisis situations that need their reputation saved. A good example of Navigator at work is when they handled the Gian Gomeshi case. 
Gomeshi was the host of CBC's sh popular show, Q, which was on the air for years. In 2014, allegations of sexual misconduct took the man down, and he hired Navigator to help save his public image. Navigator advised over 40 of Canada's 100 largest companies. Enterprise Canada is a PR firm specializing with government relations and digital interactions. Their website states, quote, the political and social landscape is being shaped by hacktivists, Twitter trolls, and clickbait headlines. Bold new tactics are required to help drive the online conversation and achieve success in the digital media environment." End quote. At the beginning of January 2018, Enterprise announced that once again they had been approved for Ontario's Public Service and Communication Pool, a position it has held since 1997. As stated on the company's website, quote, the government ministries and agencies can access services of firms in the pool without going through the normal RFP process." End quote. RFP stands for Request for Proposal. An RFP is used to provide information on a company or organization and the work that they do. It's from this public service pool that these companies can be added to help register voters for upcoming elections. The Ontario Public Service website states, the OPS is a professional body that is non-partisan. This means that it supports and provides impartial advice to the government and elected by the people of Ontario. The public is entitled to expect the highest standard of conduct from all individuals who work for, for the OPS. This means that the public servants need to be sure that government activities are conducted in an open, fair, and transparent manner." End quote. The key word here is non-partisan. As we will see, none of these companies are nonpartisan, but are in fact hyperpartisan. Navigator and Enterprise Canada came together to create a company called Ensight. Ensight is a public affairs firm based out of the nation's capital, Ottawa. It has worked as trade consultants for the government in 2016 when the Liberals were in trade talks concerning Trans-Pacific Partnership. A number of Ensight's uh, representatives have contributed to the news especially concerning TPP. At CBC, Jamie Watt is a member of their insider panel. He has also orchestrated communication strategies behind many Canadian elections. Ensight also has a digital arm of their company. Ensight website states, quote, Ensight has a highly experienced team of digital pioneers and innovators who will design campaigns that convert passive bystanders into active supporters, end quote. It is clear that both Ensight and its employees are coming from a position of support for the Liberals. As I stated earlier, Data Science Inc. is a company that was founded by Thomas Pitfield, which was founded just after Justin Trudeau was elected leader of the Liberal Party. Data Science is a business that specializes in data analytics, which is the process of gathering both qualitative and quantitative data for the purpose of analyzing behavior data and patterns. This company is the main driving force for the Liberalist server. Data Science is a company that is collecting, compounding, and analyzing the information gathered for the server that is then used by the Liberal Party for their campaigns. Both the Trudeau government and Data Science Inc. have been unwilling to say how much the agreement is benefiting the firm. Whenever Trudeau has been questioned about the relationship, he has always managed to change the subject. CTV's senior political correspondent Glenn McGregor has reaction to his exclusive report. Glenn. Lisa, the Prime Minister was asked today why a company run by one of his closest friends, Tom Pitfield, 
was given an exclusive contract by the Liberal Party. What do you say to people who might think this is cronyism? In the 2015 uh, election campaign, the Liberal Party of Canada reached out to more Canadians than had ever been reached out to uh, in the past. As CDB News reported last night, Pitfield's company, Data Sciences, was hired to help Liberal campaigns use the sophisticated voter tracking system, Liberalist. Data Science Inc. also has employees that worked for the Liberal Party of Canada. Sebastian Fazier is the Liberal National Vice President and works as Data Science Vice President of Corporate Services. Mira Ahmed, sister of the Prime Minister's Press Secretary Cameron Ahmed, sits on the board as President of the Young Liberals of Canada and works as Pitfield's Executive Assistant at Data Science. Liberal Director of Data Analytics, Sean Wiltshire, was named Vice President at Data Science, and in March 2016, the party's manager of campaign technology support, Nadia Wilkinson, was hired by Data Science as a Director of Operation. The company also provides technical support for Liberalist servers to provincial Liberal parties. And we will address the Liberalist server in just a minute. Thomas Pitfield, the President of Canada 2020, is married to Anna Ganey and is the son of Michael Pitfield, who was the clerk of the Privy Council Office, Chairman of CSIS, and Pierre Elliott Trudeau's right-hand man. Anna Ganey, up until the end of April 2018, was the president of the Liberal Party of Canada. She is a 15-year Liberal activist and is also a longtime friend to Sophie Trudeau, Justin Trudeau's wife. Both Thomas Pitfield and Anna Ganey were photographed vacationing with Trudeau on Aga Khan's private island, as we all remember, in December of 2017, Justin Trudeau was found guilty of violating four different rules by the Ethics Commission because of his visit to the Aga Khan private island. In 2015, Pitfield helped start Training for Progress. The program is intended to teach students how to organize progressive political campaigns. The other founding members of Canada 2020 have similar backstories that connect them all the way back up to federal politics. Susan Smith is currently registered to lobby the federal government with her and her company, Blue Sky Strategy Group, which acts as an intermediary for the government and their clients. Blue Sky has represented PayPal, Canadore College, the Canadian Association of Broadcasters, as well as many others. She is also a panelist on CBC's Power and Politics. She is even registered to lobby the Prime Minister's office. Tim Barber is the third co-founder of Canada 2020, and along with Susan Smith, founded Blue Sky Strategy Group. He has more than 25 years experience in both federal and provincial politics, as well as public policy. He is also a member of the Privy Council Office, the office of the Deputy Prime Minister, and worked with the Minister of International Trade. Barber has represented Bombardier, Canadian Petroleum Producers Association, Canador College, Dassault Aerospace, Leonardo Helicopters, Oxygen Capital, PayPal, Telesat, Thales, and TransCanada, as well as many others. A name that many people will probably be familiar with is Gerald Butts. Gerald Butts is Justin Trudeau's childhood friend a founding member of Canada 2020, and is also Prime Minister Trudeau's senior political advisor. He has long been a defender of Trudeau regardless of the situation. 
He also has been criticized for his conduct, such as accepting taxpayers' money for his move to Ottawa after the 2015 election and being present during caucus meetings, despite the fact he has no reason nor a right to be there. Blue Sky Strategy Group was one time located in the same office as Canada 2020 before relocating and is also Canada 2020's lobbying firm. As we get more into the Facebook scandals that have been plaguing both American politics and Canadian politics and all across the world, we can look towards Kevin Chan. I want to begin by sharing that while we do not yet have all of the facts surrounding the situation with Cambridge Analytica, what is alleged to have occurred is a huge breach of trust to our users, and for that, we are very sorry. Kevin Chan is a member of Canada 2020 and is also Facebook's Canadian head of public policy. Chan was executive assistant to the clerk of the Privy Council, the highest ranking bureaucrat in federal government until 2009. He went on to become the former policy director for ex-Liberal Party leader Michael Ignatieff. He has been featured next to members of the Liberal Caucus, such as Science Minister Christy Duncan and Liberal MP Rob Oliphant, who appeared next to Chan at the Ontario Science Centre for an event co-hosted by Facebook. Karina Gold, the Minister of Democratic Institutions, also appeared with Chan at the Economic Club of Canada. Facebook announced in October 2017 its Canadian Election Integrity Initiative, a set of public media literacy and politician cybersecurity programs. Going on the narrative that Russia hacked the US election, Facebook and the Liberal government have begun to threaten regulations. Facebook is acting as if they are trying to defend the democratic process, but they have been clearly proven otherwise through the Cambridge Analytica scandal, which saw the information of over 50 million people pass without a fight from Facebook. In early April, Kevin Chan appeared before a parliamentary committee to explain how he had accessed multiple MPs, including Finance Minister Bill Morneau, despite the fact that neither he nor any member of Facebook are registered as a lobbying group. When asked about his interaction with Morneau, Chan stated he was assisting Morneau to set up a Facebook Live event to broadcast his budget speech. Let's think about that for a minute. A Facebook Live event is not difficult to set up Millions of people have done it, but even if Morneau was having issues setting it up, why would Facebook send its Canadian head of public policy to set it up? This is unnecessary for such a high-level executive to take on such a menial task that can be accomplished at the very least by a Google search, and at the very most by a member of Facebook's help center. Facebook has refused to provide detail on Chan's activities. On top of this, Facebook has been lobbying the Trudeau government for a data center inside of Canada. Facebook's data servers are huge. ...buildings is about 350,000 square feet in size, and the newest, which is still under construction, will measure 450,000 square feet. Each one could easily hold a modern aircraft carrier and still have plenty of room to spare. What is that housing? Servers. What do the servers house? All of your personal information. All of the internet giants are all basically one in the same. Hence, that's why you can see uh, Pichet, Pichet who sits on Trudeau board, retiring from Google, the massive job, 
uh, as, uh, what was he, chief operating officer or chief financial officer, chief financial officer of Google International, which is now just Alphabet. They just renamed it, packaged it. Alphabet International, <clears throat> the job that they cost $70 million to replace. He retires from that just before the election, right? Coincidental? No. Then he sitting on, uh, the, he moves over to Twitter board, sits on Bombardier, advisor to Google, right? I've spoken of. Why, why is that? Facebook has proven already that they are willing to sell a large amount of our private data. The information of 600,000 Canadians was compromised during the Cambridge Analytica scandal. This means that these servers would place even more Canadians' private information at risk. Recently, after the Cambridge Analytica scandal, we came to realize that Christopher Wiley, one of the company's data scientists and the whistleblower in this story, was paid over $100,000 to work for the Trudeau government back in 2016. This is not a single incident as reported by the Globe and Mail, which states, quote, The contract for a short-lived pilot project was not, not one-off. It was among many interactions between Mr. Wiley, the data-driven political entrepreneur, and the federal Liberal Party stretching back nearly a decade. Party insiders say that, starting in 2008, Mr. Wiley was a Liberal volunteer and researcher who played a role in introducing and shaping the party's drive toward data-driven techniques. He was a teenager then, boosting fringe techniques including a now widely used piece of software known as Liberalist. While aggressively avowing to the party's old guard that the only technology could reverse the party's electoral fortunes. Pat Sorbera, who in 2010 was a deputy campaign manager for then liberal leader Michael Ignatieff, recalled Mr. Wiley as someone way ahead of his time. He pitched her on micro-targeting even though, at the time, she said, he was an intern for a liberal MP, Keith Martin. She was impressed by his ideas, but said that after his initial presentation, she had to reject his proposal owing to a lack of time and resources. Her party, she said, was really still focusing on micro-targeting, essentially, figuring out which ridings to prioritize." End quote. Most recently, Wiley has stated that while working for the federal Liberal Party, he did not commit any voter targeting. Despite the fact he is the whistleblower on the Facebook scandal, I am unwilling to take his word for it. I think Wiley has done more than he is admitting to, but is attempting to cover his own tracks and downplay his involvement with these data scandals. Now we come to the Liberalist server. The Liberalist server is an important piece of the puzzle. The Liberalist website describes itself as the Liberal Party of Canada's voter identification and relationship management system, but there is more going on behind the scenes than meets the eye. This server, as well as macro-targeting of the voters, is one of the primary ways Justin Trudeau's Liberals, from one election to another, went from their worst loss in history to a majority government just four years down the road. This server collected all sorts of information on the people in each riding, such as family size, composition, political interests, even the estimated age of the residents, as well as where it showed the Liberal Party was ahead and where its fortunes were flagging, and where volunteers needed to do more door knocking. They then used the server to designate the specific ridings into categories, Platinum, 
gold, silver, bronze, steel, and wood. These categories specify how much support the Liberals have in each riding, with platinum representing a winning riding and a wood representing a riding that has no support in. Trudeau claims he did not have access to the server. Katie Telford, Trudeau's 2015 campaign co-chair and political strategist, was the main person responsible for collecting the data. What is the most chilling aspect of the Liberalist server is its connection to the company NGP Van. NGP Van is a privately owned voter database and web hosting service provider used by the American Democratic Party, Democratic Campaigns, and other nonprofit organizations authorized by the Democratic Party. It provides targeted email, fundraising, online actions, online contributions, compliance reporting, social network interactions, social network integration, contact management, websites, and even management solutions. NGP Van has worked for the Obama 2008 presidential campaign, the Obama 2012 presidential campaign, the Bernie Sanders 2016 presidential campaign, and the Hillary Clinton 2016 presidential campaign, the British Liberal Democrats, and the Liberal Party of Canada. And I'd just like to take the time to say that while we are focusing on the Liberal Party right now, there is evidence supporting that Stephen Harper's government is guilty of using similar servers of their own for the same purpose of targeting their voter pool, called the Constituent Information Management System, or CIMS. It would be naive to believe that other parties don't have servers of their own and are doing exactly the same thing. The Trudeau government has spent millions of dollars for data from a wide range of policies. $241 million to the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, $50 million to Transport Canada, $95 million to childcare, all in the name of gathering data. These ministries are just the tip of the iceberg. There are still millions more being poured into other departments. The government has funded the data research for the sake of, quote unquote, smarter decisions. And this is where Thomas Pitfield's other company, Data Science Inc., comes into the picture. As stated on their website, quote, Data Science is a group of leading experts in the field of data analytics, research, digital marketing, and engagement campaigns. Together, we help organizations include Canadian and international NGOs, political parties, and major companies leverage data to produce measurable results, end quote. Data Science is providing the party with digital engagement and support services for its powerful voter contact database, Liberalist. Both Data Science and the Liberal Party have been mum about the cost of this deal and what exactly Data Science does for the party, but considering how Pitfield is a longtime friend to Trudeau and his wife, Anna Ganey, is sat as Liberal Party president, their conflict of interest is showing. On May 9, 2018, the Canadian press released an article detailing how, in the upcoming June 7th election in the province of Ontario, it would be conducted through electronic voting machines. The election will be by paper ballot, but these machines will then be used to count the votes. Electronic voting machines and electronic tallying machines, like the ones which will be used on June 7th, has been one of the biggest threats to a fair election, and there have been many examples, from hacking to deliberate manipulation of the machines beforehand to dead people registered to vote, there is just too many risks with electronic voting.
Alexander Essex, a professor of computer science at Western University, has warned about the dangers of online voting. He talks about the lack of standards and protections surrounding the electronic voting in the Canadian system. The main question for the Trudeau government is, if his government believes that Russia meddled in the 2016 election, then why would they move to a much more insecure voting method? This next part is just my stupid opinion. The connection is all about waging an online campaign in the coming elections. While we make fun of the Liberal Party for its incompetence to get anything done, the Liberal Party is not stupid when it comes to maintaining their authority. The rise of President Trump as the first social media president shows the true power of campaigning through the internet. I have stated before that the main hub for the anti-Trudeau movement is online, through Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and other online platforms, even if these platforms are primarily against our message. The Trudeau Liberals also understand this, as it was made plainly clear through Trudeau's trip to India. It was less than a month after his trip to India that Trudeau threatened Facebook with sanctions if they didn't quote-unquote get a handle on their fake news problem. The main point of this collaboration is all part of the Liberal Party's online campaign for the 2019 election. Right now, the connection to Election Ontario and Kathleen Wynne's campaign is simply a preliminary testing ground. Wynne's chances of winning the upcoming election is slim to none, yet this still allows them to practice their strategies without much notice. When the campaign begins in 2019, then we will see the full power of the Liberalist machine released. These companies will be used either directly through their business ties or indirectly through their business techniques to wage a campaign of disinformation and misleading the public. I truly believe that this liberalist server is also building large profiles on as many citizens as possible, not just collecting their voters' info and analyzing political writings. By creating profiles on people, it will allow them to use a targeted campaign. They will use this info to try and influence people's political decisions and voter choices. We already know that Twitter uses this platform to push certain stories and keep certain stories from other people, known as shadow banning. The idea of the shadow ban is that you ban someone but they don't know they've been banned because they keep posting but no one sees their content. So they just think that no one's engaging with their content when in reality no one's seeing it. Facebook ran an experiment years ago where they only put negative stories in people's feed to influence their emotions and in others put only positive stories to see what the outcome was. What will stop the Liberalist server from doing the same? Absolutely nothing. While the Liberals claim to want to implement regulations surrounding Facebook and other social media platforms for the sake of election security, it also happens to fall in line with Bill C-76, an act to amend the Canada Elections Act. 
yet has reneged on his province to amend the election act for the first past the post system, something he campaigned on and that many people voted for. Even Bill C-33, which was part one of two of Trudeau's amendments to the Canada Election Act, has remained in limbo 18 months after its introduction in the House of Commons in November 2016. Bill C-76 includes removing the prohibition on the chief electoral officer, authorizing the notice of confirmation of registration, commonly known as voter information card, as identification, removes limitations on public education and information activities conducted by the chief electoral officer, removes administration barriers in order to facilitate the hiring of election officers. Bill C-33 covered most of these requirements, but after this was scrapped, these measures were moved into, into Bill C-76. On top of this, Election Canada has stated that it plans to combat fake news during the 2019 campaign. How do they plan to do this? And how do they decide what is considered fake news? Are independent news sources considered fake news? Are citizens spreading information considered fake news? What if the corporate media spreads fake news? Will that be censored? These are all questions that have been left hanging in the air. The chief electoral officer has also stated that lowering the voting age to 16 is worth considering. Why? because most people in their youth find themselves on the left wing of politics, but begin the transition to more right wing politics as they grow older. Lowering the voting age to 16 will go to benefit the liberals and new democratic parties. This is why these parties along with the democratic party in America have been pushing for lowering the voting age. The liberal party is saying that they want to secure our election from any foreign influence but within the exact same bill, Bill C-76, are lowering the requirements for citizens to vote, including abolishing the voter registration and returning to third-party vouching during election periods. These two things are contradictory. Also, this bill has allowed the current Liberal government to campaign on taxpayer dollars while limiting the ability of other parties to campaign on the money that has been donated to them. Every time Justin Trudeau starts losing, he rigs the rules to help himself. That's what he's doing now with his new elections bill. His party can't raise money freely from Canadians because Canadians are tired of his soaring taxes and runaway spending. So he's restricting all the other parties from using grassroots fundraising. He's muzzling his opponents. And his plan now is to use taxpayer money to campaign with government announcements, government advertising, and government travel before the campaign. He's also protecting well-funded foreign groups so they can do his party's dirty work for them. That's not right. Justin Trudeau's latest attempt to rig our election system hurts our democracy. Trudeau has also been in talks with Election Canada asking them to put these regulations in place before enough debate has happened in the House of Commons and before the bill has even been passed. Prime Minister ordered Elections Canada to implement his electoral changes before the bill was even debated in the House of Commons, without one word of debate or one vote. Now, if that's not trying to rig the rules in his favour, I don't know what is. So why is the Prime Minister ignoring Parliament in trying to ram through his preferred electoral system changes? Modernization Act is a large step forward in our government's commitment to improve and strengthen our democratic institutions. 
we are reversing the changes brought in by the Harper Conservatives that made it harder for Canadians to vote. This legislation ensures that more Canadians are engaged, help protect the integrity of our electoral system, and gives Canadians more information as to what political parties do with their personal information. We committed to reversing the Harper Conservatives' un changes to the Canada Elections Act, and that is exactly what we're doing. In April, the Prime Minister informed the opposition parties of his intention to appoint Saskatchewan's Michael Boda as Canada's new Chief Electoral Officer. But just recently, the Prime Minister changed his mind with absolutely no explanation. Can the Prime Minister please explain exactly why he rescinded Michael Boda's appointment? Mr. Speaker, after a rigorous, open, merit-based process, uh, we are happy to have uh, 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 chosen Stéphane Perrault as the most qualified candidate for the position of Chief Electoral Officer. With over 20 years serving in government, he has extensive knowledge and understanding of the Canada Elections Act and the Canadian parliamentary system. We have every confidence that under his continued leadership, Elections Canada will be more than ready for the 2019 federal election. We have submitted an excellent candidate to this House and hope that all members confirm his appointment. The Liberal Party is doing everything it can to remain in power. I believe that this June 7th, since the Ontario Liberals are so far behind, that the Trudeau government will use this server as a testing ground for the larger 2019 election, since the server goes to benefit the federal and all provincial Liberal parties. Manipulating the June 7th election for Kathleen Wynne would be too obvious, too obvious, since the Liberals would have tipped their hand to their opponents and the Canadian people, but if they use it subtly, they can iron out any problems they have over the next 18 months. What is worth an investigation still is, the Liberal Party have the Liberalist server, the Conservatives have the Constituent Information Management System, so what server are the new Democrats using and how well established is it? Is the gain of Andrea Horwath in the poll numbers, where she is now tied with Doug Ford or even surpassed Doug Ford, related to their data server? As you can all see, the power of using data science and data analytics has proven itself to be a powerful tool for political gains. The US Democratic Party has established its own data servers and data analysis that they have used to great effects in several different campaigns. While political advertisement on television is still the standard, the real fight per for political influence comes online. The politicians are attempting to use a citizen platform against itself. It is time for us to take it back.